I came across uh, a couple of different statements recently, Pam, mm-hmm. that were fairly interesting. I want to get your take on these. Okay. Uh, they're all on the whole idea of just relationships. And, and, but here's, here's the first one. All relationships require work. Good relationships get better with work. Bad relationships need constant work just to stay the same. <laughs> constant work just to stay the same. Hmm. That's, you would assume that people that have bad relationships just aren't working on it at all. Right. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think I there's a component of that, but there is also a component. This fits into the mantra I believe in that I got from Shinarsh, which is the issues we face in relationships and particularly marriage. That's what we're talking about here. Yeah. The issues we face in marriage, the problem isn't what's missing. The problem is what's present. Mm. Is and it that it's present and we just don't deal with it and we deal with the wrong thing? We don't face it well enough. Okay. We don't deal with it. We try to change the person. And that's the constant kind of work just mm-hmm. to keep it the same because I'm spending all my energy trying to change you. Yeah. And so it's constant work because I'm not going to be able to do that. Futile. And then the other component, that this fits right along with it, this is the other statement. Sometimes it can be the constant desire to fix things that's breaking them in the first place. <laughs> Interesting. <laughs> don't fix don't fix it if it ain't broke. Somewhat, but I think it fits into that same mantra of oh. how do we, the view we have, which is incidentally exactly where we're going to be heading in today's show, mm-hmm. is looking at the idea of the view of sex in this, with today's episode. But the view we have of how do we think things are going wrong or right makes all the difference in the world of what mm-hmm. view is it? Mm-hmm. Because too often, just the course of our show over the 11 and a half years we've been doing this has been, it's... Focus on what you can control, which is you. Mm-hmm. It's not change your spouse, which is why most people find us change our spouse. If, if I get to get you to do better and blah, 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 it'd be a whole lot better. But in reality, it's I'm the problem for my marriage. Right. And if you can yeah. see it that way, changes everything. Yeah. Or I'm, yes. Yeah. I agree. Well, welcome to Passionately Married, where if you want to jump in this conversation, we'd love for you to. It's feedback at passionatelymarried.net or uh, you can call, leave us a voicemail, or even text us at 214-702-9565. And coming up on today's show, the regular version, uh, is a, I'm joined by Dr. Michael Sitzma. Mm-hmm. He was on a couple episodes back mm-hmm. on a book that he and Shanti Feldhahn did, and The Secrets of Sex mm-hmm. in Marriage. And he made a, a statement at the end after we finished that recording that said, dude, anytime you want to talk about schnarch and kind of a higher level view of sex that he that Schnarch talks about, but then also let's bring it from a Christian lens. I'd love to come on and do it. So this is what this is. Yeah. Because it, that was like, okay, when do I get you back on? It's, as soon good, as it's a good interview. It's a good interview. Enjoy it. And then on the extended content today, which is deeper, longer, and there are no ads, you can subscribe at passionatelymarried.net forward slash academy. And if you join at the monthly level now here during the summer and use our code summer 23, you get the first month free. Um, but that we're talking about one of Schnarch's statements that he makes. He he was, had a technique he called eyes open sex, mm-hmm. which is a deeper understanding of things that are going on. It's not just an act. It's a presence, if you will. Mm-hmm. And we get into, with Dr. Sitzma again, we get into how eyes open sex and connection is actually spiritual. And it points towards uh, God and the Ada is what... Michael calls it, refers it, refers to it too. So all that's coming up on today's show. 
Well, I've got Dr. Michael Sitzmug backing back with me again. If you if you're, uh, remember with the Passionately Marriage podcast, he was on with Shanti Feldhahn with uh, Secrets of Sex and Marriage is the book that they collaborated together with. And offhandedly, Michael, I'm assuming you remember this, but offhandedly after we finished the recording, you just made a comment of, hey, I would love to talk schnarch and some of the higher level, because that's what the last chapter of the book is. Right. And so that wet my whistle enough to say, all right, you're getting back on here as quick as possible. And so <laughs> let's talk, we're going to do kind of a, a look at the higher level processes and there's something deeper going on and wherever that may go. So, Michael, it's so good to see you again. Thanks. It's an honor. And, the, you know, this kind of topic is you rarely get to talk about those uh, deeper level kind of thinking. So I appreciate the invite. Absolutely. I have no idea where we'll go with this, but I, this could I, be fun. <laughs> I don't either. And the nice thing is, as I'm recording this from my RV, I'm not driving it. So if we crash, it's not like a literal crash. <laughs> uh, so um, so I, I love the concept of what you've, what you've created and the work that you do of, you know, ultimately you're just, we're trying to help couples just feel better connected uh, get in more congruence with their values, their structure, their their way of living. But there's also something deeper going on, and I'm curious how right. how do you how do you look at that? Let's start there. Um, you know, I think a number of things come together for me. I'm going to give a little background, and then, then um, that may make sense and why. But uh, my training and um, my own personal identity as a Wesleyan pastor, and that comes out of um, uh, a, a holiness type of a background that emphasizes the discipleship of the believer. You know, it had some real negatives in getting into some of the legalism, but mm-hmm. um, the positives are um, the emphasis on your own personal growth and development in your own relationship with God and your own holiness. And then I, I I ran across, um, actually, it was in some pastoral work that I was getting some training in, and I ran across David Schnarch, and I listened to him talk through his approach, and this would have been in um, probably the early, mid-90s. And I sat there um, wading through his language and you know some of the, the graphic nature of his stories. As a pastor, that was a little tough, but realizing uh, there's a concept here that um, has been captured that I think I haven't heard before that seems to line right up with uh, discipleship. And mm-hmm. so I today I, I do exactly what you're saying. I work on helping couples to develop intimacy and to grow. But the, the peak behind the curtain, you know, to flashback to Wizard of Oz here, the, the peak behind the curtain is I'm using that and I'm using sex as an object lesson as the training ground, as to use his language, the crucible, to bring mm-hmm. forth those personal growth moments. So what I look forward to is the time that this happened recently. A husband came in and he sat down and he looked up at me and he said, I quit. And I said, okay, help me to understand what you mean. He said, I quit. He said, I hear what you're inviting me to do as a husband. I get that. I'm all in. I cannot do it. I have tried. I, I'm not capable of being that kind of a person. I quit. Okay. And he expected me, of course, to to rally the troops and to be hopeful. And, to, and I looked at him and I says, finally, 
<laughs> I'm glad. And he's like, you don't think I should be married? Oh, no, no, no. I, I, I think you need to stay married. But that you're quitting of your own power. That you're saying, I'm not capable of this. That you're going through a surrender moment. This mm-hmm. is what real growth is about. And you're going to have to decide, do I continue to live in a marriage that I demand my way all the time? Or do you surrender it and figure out a marriage where we are fighting for one another, where we're mm-hmm. caring for one another? where and, and that is a radical internal shift. That's a moment of personal discipleship. Where, where we see somebody come to the point of them dis- having to realize, I am putting pressure on you to be who I want you to be. The real problem here is me. Yeah. Am I going to am I going to be a discipled individual, or am I going to continue to to keep putting pressure on and fighting for what I want? And to me, that's the core of it. Am I going to follow my language internally is, am I going to follow Christ in this moment? Am I going to live the way he would have me to live? Or am I going to follow what I want? Which is Mm -hmm. probably good, but my way about it is definitely not working. So I love this because it's about the individual growth. And then, you know, that, that took me into reading um, Friedman and Bowen and, and, you know, far beyond that to learn about the, the, the personal, uh, my language again, the personal discipleship that yeah, comes I, from I, these systemic relationships. Yeah, and I, I use the same terminology. I just use it as personal responsibility, um, mm-hmm. agency, you know, some of those concepts that right. we we do too much as a disservice in a lot of ways of trying to keep it a uh, collaboration when one partner's not collaborating <laughs> or both right. aren't collaborating. <laughs> And if that's the case, it's a recipe for disaster if I teach you how to um, just talk to each other or be assertive or whatever when we're still demanding our way deep down. <laughs> right. That that process doesn't work. And um, in Secrets of Sex and Marriage, there were there are three um, concepts that I, um, I worked on developing that uh, – were rather controversial. That took a lot of editing. That took, you know, our external editors really pushing back on. And one of those was when I was pointing out that people tend to set themselves up as being a victim unintentionally. Right. Right. That I cannot be okay if you aren't different. And that never works. How can mm-hmm. we not resent the other? If I need you to be different than who you are, if I need you to treat me differently for me to be okay. And I just put myself into a one-down victim powerless mentality, and the whole system's going to crash or limp along very unhealthfully. So ladies, listen up. Father's Day is coming up. Yes. Just make sure you're aware. I'm and tuned it, in. I'm tuned in. You can in. even think of Father's Day as creeping up on us faster than that creepy family member does at a family reunion. Okay. <laughs> we all have those. <laughs> and if you're not quite sure what gift you want to get for dear old dad or for your husband, uh, Manscaped's got you covered. Yes. And maybe you've not thought of giving Manscaped to your father, but you know what? He's a man. He'd like it. I bet he would. So Manscaped is the only men's brand dedicated to below the waist grooming, and they just launched their lawnmower 4.0. It's a fantastic product. It actually gets fought over in the Allen household. <laughs> between my son and I. (laughs) So 
You can surprise dad or you can surprise your husband with a sleek, well-designed and optimized body hair trimmer that has a fourth generation trimmer featuring cutting edge ceramic blades that reduces accidents thanks to their advanced skin safe technology. Manscaped offering 20% off plus free shipping with our code PASSION at manscaped.com. So get your dad the gift that you know they will use. You get 20% off and free shipping with manscaped.com when you use our code PASSION. Today's episode is also brought to you by covenantspice.com. Some friends of ours that we've had a relationship with for a long, long time. Mm -hmm. They were one of the original sponsors Mm -hmm. back when we were Sexy Marriage Radio. And they're back here to help people find their needs for marital aids, be Mm -hmm. it sex toys, games, lingerie, outfits. There's all kinds of options that they have that are available. And they are a husband and wife team dedicated to strengthening marriages because they want to increase playfulness and intimacy in your sex life. Mm -hmm. They believe God created marriage to be a lifelong, passionate romance. So you can find every marital aid you need to keep the sparks flying in and out of the bedroom. And here's the thing I love the most. They're one of the only Christian intimacy sites where no nudity means just exactly that. You don't find models that have any kind of nudity or inappropriateness and not even blurred images on their site. So you can feel safe by shopping for what it is that would enhance your marriage at their site. Go to covenantspice.com, use our code radio, and you get a free gift with any order. So take advantage of this opportunity, covenantspice.com, use our code radio, and get a free gift with any order. So Pam, if those of you in the nation possibly missed the recent episode I had with Chandler Rogers and his wife, Jade, Mm -hmm. you need to go back and listen to it. Chandler struggled with chronic porn use, which may have affected your marriage too, but he and his wife overcame it and created a group recovery program called Relay to help people trying to overcome the struggle with porn, plus a lot of other groups that are formed and curated for the different kinds of struggles and impacts that we have in our life mm-hmm. that we just need a crew to help us get through. So in that episode that we, we talked about the myth that your spouse can be your accountability partner, which no. we're totally against. And we also show you why you need a peer accountability group like Relay to help you instead. So go listen to it soon or use the link that's in the show notes. If you go to passionatelymarried.net forward slash tribes, it'll take you right to it. So try the group recovery program Chandler made to help you quit porn and find deeper intimacy in your marriage. So go check out the show because you won't want to miss it. So I'm gonna, I want to ask a question here because I think your pastorate background, I mean, I came from the ministry too. I started you know, six years in youth and family ministry and then uh-huh. transitioned into this. And um, you, you made the comment of, I think people will take the, the victim mentality sometimes unintentionally. Right. I think I might well, have more of a cynical. That way. Well, I think I might have more of a cynical view and <laughs> add more of it. No, no, it's intentional. <laughs> you think that we like that powerless position. I think that there's a payoff that's potentially from it, so therefore I choose it. Yeah, that that I could agree with. Okay. Um, but the, but they said, you know, as I'm sure it is for you, they said in my office, and they blame their spouse mm-hmm. for the condition that they're in. Mm-hmm. I'm like, then get out of it. Um, but they have to know. They don't right. have to change for you to be different. Now, the cost may be way too high. You know, they're, Absolutely. They're, there's a whole lot that goes into it, but um, chapter nine in Secrets of Sex and Marriage, we talk about grace, um, we talk about grieving, we talk about acceptance. 
Um, mm-hmm. And I pull some of this from Jacobson to, to talk shop. I pull this from Jacobson and Christensen's integrated mm-hmm. um, marital model of um, acceptance and change is the book that they wrote for couples or that's the manual reconcilable differences is the book they wrote for couples. And the whole point of it is if I want to see change in my marriage, I have to accept what is Yeah, that I have to accept that you are who you are before we can begin. And there's a surrender process um, that, that allows for profound uh, change. Oh, totally. Yeah. When, when I recognize, mm-hmm. I mean, that's one of my favorite phrases from Snarsh is in marriage, I have to recognize there's an emotional terrorist and then there's yes. also my spouse to deal with too. Oh, right. And I, I mean, it's such a great capturing of what's really going on. Because uh-huh. absolutely I do that because I even use, like you're talking about the discipleship model, uh, I put that in the context of uh, character and wisdom development, right? That mm-hmm. it's, it's me, I'm, I'm in a relationship that will demand of me if I want more out of it. It demands of me my character refined. Right, right. That I have to surrender things that I'm not sure I'm willing to surrender mm-hmm. or not. Or face um, the things I don't know if I want to face in me and and see right. the things that I'm blind to. And I mean, that's the thread I've been on lately in my personal life is I think I'm blind to some things, Pam. Help point these suckers out to me. What am I missing in me? Because I this keeps happening. So it's got to be something in me. So um, a, a little bit of reveal here. I'm sitting in a therapist meeting yesterday. And all of my therapists that work for me uh, were talking about um, an, an issue that we're trying to make a decision on. And one of the therapists said, well, you know, those days that you're kind of grumpy. And <laughs> internally, I'm aware I'm horribly offended. I am never grumpy. I'm such an even-keeled, stable person. <laughs> and, and what I said to her is, my wife would love you right now <laughs> to, to, to point out that I'm not as stable and even keeled as I like to think that I am, that everybody mm-hmm. else around me knows there are days that I'm just grumpy. Um, mm-hmm. And you know, those, when we can receive that from our spouse, that's really rich. The moment I yes. look at her and say, you cannot see me as grumpy, you have to view me differently, or I'm grumpy because of you, mm-hmm. I'm back into that uh, victim kind of a role that doesn't, right. doesn't work. Mm-hmm. Right. So pick that up because you had said you said there were three. So there's a victim. I think I know where you're going. But what are the other two of, of the stances we can take? Um, trying to remember where I was at the time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I interrupted you fully. I mean, I'm so, assuming we're talking about the one down versus now we can go one up. And, you know, there's a lot of yeah. framework that we can use. I can try to override who you are. You know, I can demand from you and I can push and I can. Um, and I can try to to gain power over this to make it mm-hmm. my way, or I can do some surrender and some grief work. Right. Uh, you may never be who I want you to be. Uh, you know, in in end, uh, my area of specialty in working with sexual intimacy, that means you know my husband may never be the kind of person who treats me sexually the way I would like to be treated. I have so many wives that come in here and talk about how they wish their husband was this kind of a lover. Right. And many times I look at him and say, yeah, um, you picked wrong. <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's just, 
Yes, no, my one of my um, iconic examples of that is uh, a wife who came up and said, "You know, I just have this fantasy of my husband coming in and picking me up, carrying me upstairs, throwing me on the the bed, tearing my clothes off, and just ravaging my body." She said mm-hmm. that would just you know, and she said, "I married this pastor student who is so gentle and so soft, so empathic, so caring. The thought of treating me that way is so offensive to him." Mm-hmm. that he couldn't be consistent with him. He is such a tender, caring lover. And there are times I don't want him to be that way. Yep. <laughs> and she said, I have to accept that my husband is more Christ to me than sometimes I want him to be. And I'm not always okay with that. Yeah. And I think that's the moment right there where she's yep. realizing who she's demanding. Now, she could continue to to scream and yell and rant and, and rave, to try to make him and demean him and, and make him be, and it's never going to work. Right. Or what happens when they choose radical transparency? And she says, this is part of my heart's desire, but I know it's inconsistent with you. And he says, you know, I could try to be that, but it's never going to feel right because it never comes from an authentic part of me. Mm-hmm. And I have to accept that I'm never going to touch a fantasy in you. Mm-hmm. I, I'm just not. That I would mm-hmm. love to be able to touch in you. And when the two of them get radically transparent and accept who I'm not and who you're not, and who we will never be, now we have the opportunity to cast a vision for who we can be together that is right. really beautiful and rich. Yeah, but that's that's- a, that requires that differentiation. And that, yeah, that's that simultaneous, um, we're both going to recognize the deficits and the strengths. Exactly. And it's not either intent of one or intentional of the other. You know, it's, I'm not, I mean, obviously we can weaponize those things and that's what we do when they stay covert, right? Because that's the thing, the thing I've loved most about the whole differentiation model from Schnarch and why it resonated so quickly with me and was biblical in my mindset too, when I first, first was introduced, like, yes, this is our relationship with Christ and and God too. This is, this is a, I have to be my own person as I am shaped into him. It's an evolving, Mm -hmm. right? It's not just a obeying, (laughs) right? It's, it's Mm -hmm. a whole lot more that's, that's deeper that the thing I loved about the whole framework is he never talked about this like it was a it would solve things you know a lot of the theories i would come across always had that undercurrent of here's your solution to make that problem go away (laughs) when it's like right no you will not make it go away and if you want to leave that relationship and try another one you just brought yourself to another set of problems so let's just talk about what really is and that's so freeing to me but that's a grieving process that um, clients really struggle with, that I struggle with. Mm-hmm. That you know, I'm a professor in uh, five different schools right now, um, teaching graduate courses. And, and I love those moments where a student says, but how do you as a therapist fix this problem? And I, I sat back and I go, you don't. Mm-hmm. The task <laughs> is not making this better by changing what they're asking for, that we make this better by helping them to accept that it's not going to get better. Mm-hmm. That grief is what's going to allow them to find something that's rich and good. 
And right. if you join their narrative that this has to be the way I want it to be in order for it to be rich and good, it, it, you've set them up for failure the rest of their life. Right. And you've bought into believing that you need to be the hero who solves their marriage issue. And I'm sorry, you're not that good. <laughs> right. <laughs> and <laughs> incidentally, so, neither are they. <laughs> right. <laughs> you know, many times I'll say, God has the ability to fix this, and he doesn't. Why are you insisting on being the person to fix it? You know, mm-hmm. there, There's something broken in, in your view of it. But we take that same approach with our spouses. You have to be different, and I need to fix you, or you need to go get fixed. Right. Versus, wow, what's going on here? The, the couple last night, and she says, you know, I just feel so unsafe with you. And, of course, his first response is to demand that she feel safe with him mm-hmm. and to tell her all the reasons she should feel safe with him. And I point out, this is why she doesn't feel safe. You know, what if you shifted into oh, I would never want my wife to feel unsafe with me. Something is going wrong here. Okay. And what if you got curious? How do you experience me as being unsafe? And you leaned in and you really heard her heart. And maybe mm-hmm. she totally misunderstands you. I, I think she largely does. I think this is a good guy. But maybe she totally understands you, but she has got that message. And look mm-hmm. at her and say, well, this is because of your daddy. That's not safe. That didn't help. That reinforces her internal belief versus doing the, to use the language, the differentiation work of how do I be different in this moment? Mm-hmm. How do I show her a different script? Because demanding and um, ridiculing and, and right. invalidating, that is making, that is unsafety. Right. Um, and versus... Keep going. Sorry. Yeah, just to say versus um, me stepping back, taking personal ownership, I can change the script. I can help her to feel safe in this moment. And that counters what she's saying. She will feel that versus me telling her to. Right. Right. And that's and that also mm-hmm. and this is the thing I love about the crucible is by doing that. You, in essence, also push it on her to have to face what is it within her she needs to deal with, too, because it's going on concurrently. Because I've had at a at a getaway that we do uh, for those that listen every year, uh, there was a question that came up one year of my husband likes this sort of avenue for help. I like this sort of avenue for help. How do we come to an understanding so that we both feel safe? together and dealing with these issues. And I kind of paused for a moment to make sure I, cause I wanted to get this across very cleanly and succinctly because I can be abrupt and shock value sometimes. <laughs> so, uh-huh. so I need to, you know, perturb the that. system. Right. And so I'm sitting there thinking it through and I was like, okay, so first off, if one of your primary goals in your life, as you speak to me as a woman right now is safety, marriage is a horrible choice. <laughs> So, right. because you expose yourself to all kinds of disappointment, for hurts, frustrations, right. and weaknesses of you, not alone, not even to mention your partner. So, right. it's if, if you can kind of, and that settles people because that's the one thing you kind of keep alluding to, and I would assume you see the same thing that when you can help a person, and we can get, when we can get a better picture of what's going on and where I am. I settle down 
And, you know, people, it's a tough balance. Uh, people often think that I need to be in a safe environment. My spouse needs to be safe. And there's an aspect mm -hmm. of that, um, sure. which is true. There are some sure. people that just are not safe. There are some environments that are not safe. Absolutely. But people fail to remember or to realize that safety comes first from within. Uh, mm -hmm. I use the example, and this is an old example, pre-COVID, but um, when H1N1 came to the United States, swine flu, and H1N1 as a flu um, killed little kids. So this was a terrifying um, disease to come in. At the time, um, my wife was working as a school nurse where our kids were going to elementary school. And the CDC brought in all of the elementary school nurses and said, you are our front line. You will know when this disease hits the United States before anybody else because it's going to show up in your clinics. So they trained the nurses in how to spot it, and they trained them in what to do, all the stuff that in a post-COVID world we know to do, mask them and, you know, six foot apart and sterilize the environment around them. And um, and then they set them loose. And it was a few months later that uh, my wife comes home and says, oh, it's in my school. I said, it is. She said, yeah, this kindergarten girl today, she said, I, I am 95% sure once they test her that it's going to be H1N1. So what'd you do? She says, well, you know, she's a kindergartner and she misses her mommy and now she's sick and she really misses her mommy and she's crying. And so I'm holding her in my lap and I'm wiping her runny nose. And, and so here's my wife holding this disease ridden child and potentially bringing this disease home. But what she knew is not only had she gone through the training, she'd been one of the volunteers to check the vaccine. So they would inject the vaccine. They'd wait a couple of weeks. They'd check the titers in her blood. They'd give the, more of the vaccine. They're trying to figure, they knew the vaccine worked. They were trying to figure out how much to give. But the upshot of it was by the end of the study, they knew that all of these volunteers were vaccinated. So she could sit there and hold this viral-ridden child and not worry about bringing the disease home. And I like to ask people, was the disease any less deadly in her lap? The disease was no less deadly. Mm -hmm. What was the difference? Well, the difference was her immunity. And so the challenge to couples is you feel unsafe in this, this marriage. You feel unsafe with your spouse. Rather than demand that they be different, what does it take to change your immunity? What does it take to, to grow something up in you to where mm -hmm. when your wife is moody, you go, ah, she's kind of moody. I love her. This is not who she wants to be. And I'm going to just step beside all of these barbs. I'm not going to let them sink in. And now you become safe in an unsafe environment. Mm -hmm. you know, we, we love those movies where, you know, the, this, the small statured individual walks into this dangerous setting totally confident because they know what they're capable of. They know this environment is not a threat to them. <laughs> they can mm -hmm. take out 12 guys without even thinking. Uh, they are safe, not because the environment is safe, but because they've learned to manage themselves in a way that keeps them safe. And marriage is the crucible that allows us to learn that or not. We can stay mm -hmm. the victim or mm -hmm. we can shift who we are and be safe in this environment. Right. That's, Within that's reason, just, of like, course. Ab absolutely. And all of these are, I mean, I think we're talking about the bell curve here of the majority. There's always the exceptions on both ends of the equation here. 
where right we never tell somebody are, to to be we don't we don't encourage somebody right. to be immune to Ebola. We tell them get away right. from it. Yeah, right. and, and there are some clients <laughs> right. that I think no, you're Ebola. <laughs> yes, it's your spouse it's just needs to run. <laughs> To truly open your eyes and recognize what you're up against and, right. and take the steps accordingly. And then in time, you'll figure it out. Is this, is this a, the right move or not? I mean, because that's that element of, again, if we can look through the lens at relationships of what's this exposing in me? This is one of my wife's big phrases right. she uses is what's being exposed in me here? What, what, is, what is it that's the, that's the struggle that's, that's mine? in this is that i'm overreacting am i over demanding am i too tired am i and if she will do that work man it freaks me out because i know it's going to require me to have to really face things in me exactly because you can no longer hang it on her um because it doesn't work i you know i use timeouts a lot um as a a breaking of the instinctive cycle and, and and i tell them the moment a timeout is called go walk the dog and what mm-hmm. needs to be in your mind is, what am I being selfish about? And because you're going to immediately go into how your spouse needs to be different and why they set you off. And the challenge is, if you're upset, it's because you're not getting something. You're demanding something that and it, it may be good, but you're going about it the wrong way. Um, it may be that what you're demanding isn't good, but do you even know what you're demanding right now? And it's that same thing. You know, how do I put the focus on me in this moment? Well, Michael, thank you so much for uh, both times of this conversation now <laughs> spread out, spread out over a week. Uh, and all the best for everything that you do, man. I appreciate this so Thanks. much. It's been thoroughly enjoying. I appreciate it. Yeah, I love how there's such an overlap in this one in the sense of what Michael's trying to do to help people see there's something deeper going on in life and in relationships, I've kind of landed in this realm of the couples and the people I work with. I see it as my main goal is helping them get a better idea of where they are Mm -hmm. and what they're facing. Not necessarily, here's what you should do, but you need to see it well Well, to then figure out what to do. Yeah. There's a lot of real practical, oh, there's, I loved a couple of the comments that if I want to see changing my marriage, I have to accept it for what it is. Right. Which sounds like maybe a little bit of an oxymoron. I'm accepting it for what it is and I'm expecting change. Sure. Uh, That's that statement of it's what's present, not what's missing. mm -hmm. That's the problem. Yeah. Yeah. Some, some great points in here that, you know, I, I want to make change. I can try and overrun you to get what I want, but that's probably not going to work. Right. (laughs) Right. Marriage is hard, but then again, it's not that hard. I mean, there, there's certain things you look at in life where you can say, oh, this really can be simplified down. Mm-hmm. And in some respects, it really can. The problems don't always have to be fixed. Mm-hmm. We just have to look at them a different way. Absolutely. And and that's a, a lot of what this is talking about is I, I'm just looking at and fighting against Something that does me no good to fight against. <laughs> right. Stop right. screaming at the wind and let's go after. Adjust your sails. Adjust our sails, right? Yep. You love that phrase. Yep. Well, this has been Passionately Married. Transcripts are available on each of the episodes pages at passionatelymarried.net. Also, all of the advertisers' deals and discount codes, you can find those on each of the episodes pages at passionatelymarried.net. So please consider supporting those who support the show. 
Well, however you've taken a little bit of time out to spend it with us, thank you. And we hope you see things clearer. <laughs> and we hope to see you again next time.